It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, <laughs> keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I am co-host Christy Halford, director of the Harford County Public Library Foundation, and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Hello, Bob. Morning, I got Christy. stuck behind the buses like you do every week. Well, that's... Um... I wanted to I want to talk about that for a minute because I want to develop this point a little further. And I do have some things that got on my nerves, but we're going to do that in a new segment okay. called Consumer Minute. Um, <laughs> we spend a lot of time developing this, uh, which means I thought of it in the car on the way over here. But um, that's going to be interactive with our friends who are in the studio with. Yes, we're talking with Dr. Lisa Fulner from Advanced Eye Care, and Monica Worrell is with us too. Um, and now we we're going to jump right into trivia. Um, yes, right into trivia, right you're going to participate, okay. right, gang? I'm terrible at trivia. Well, don't say that, because if you beat me, then that makes me look even worse. Okay. What organization was given the only Nobel Peace Prize awarded during World War One? Um, American Red Cross. Yep. Well, it's International Red Cross. International, International Red Cross. Yep. Is that, um, who, what was her name? Sarah... Sarah Bernhardt? Burton? I think Sarah. Clara Barton. Clara Barton. There we go. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> what candy does E.T. love? Reese's Pieces. Mm-hmm. And do you know the story behind that, speaking of marketing? Yes. They asked, was it M&M's? And yes. M&M's said no. And they went to uh, uh, Hershey's, and they were just starting the Reese's Pieces, and it was the, the biggest, biggest launch, boon for a launch of a candy in history. And they didn't pay anything for it. How many times did John Glenn circle the Earth in 1962 when he became the first American in orbit? Once. Nope. Three times. Yes. See? (laughs) And you said you were no good at this. And for those out there in Radioland, Lisa just gave a a huge end end of Hoosiers (laughs) fist pump. Which singer was born Catherine Elizabeth Hudson? Whoa. Katy Perry. Yes. <laughs> You're too old to know guess. that. I guess it was a guess. He loves the music trivia. Before being surpassed, what was the world's tallest building for just a few months in 1930? The, the Chrysler building? building? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I thought it was 70 Pine. Well, I'm a New Yorker, so. I Where... <laughs> and I love skyscrapers. This is one I didn't know. This... Where does vanilla come from? A bean. Very good. It is a bean, but this says orchids. Huh. I don't know. I don't know about that. We may have to challenge that. We're going to talk to Jennifer about this one. Yeah, you may lose a scrabble turn here. (laughs) (laughs) In the novel To Kill a Mockingbird, what was Atticus Finch's occupation? An attorney. And we were just talking about Atticus Finch. I knew that. It's your favorite book, right? My favorite book by far. And we were talking about getting people to do what you want them to do and to be able to even start is the beautiful scene at the end when Scout is on Boo Radley's porch and she remembers that Atticus said you need to walk around someone's skin for a while and she viewed their past year of life from Boo's eyes looking up the street at their house and it was absolutely beautiful. You want one more? Harper Lee was 29 when she wrote that. Really? And it was the last book she wrote until the one she wrote last year. She uh, was released last year. She just passed away last year. Huh. In 1997, who became the first race car driver to be featured on the front of a Wheaties box? Um, um, the guy who, uh, Martin. Um, Sergio Franchini. He died. He has a son who's oh, also racing. Oh, uh, D- um, yeah. Dale Earnhardt. Yep. One more. I don't get this NASCAR thing. Yeah. I completely don't. They go, they go around. In they circles. Just drive around and you circles. sit out in the cold with headphones and, on. And, and drink I know beer. that we're going to offend people. <laughs> I know we are. But you're in a coat. You well, can't you talk to anybody. And, and you, you have headphones And you wait on. for a crash. And they're going in circles. Well, they changed a lot of the rules. Now like you don't have to wear 10, headphones? 15 years ago. And <laughs> apparently it changed the whole sport. So okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Good? Um, one more? I have one more. One more, sure. Which New England state does not have any ocean coastline? I know New that. New Hampshire. One. Nope. No. Nope. The other one. The other skinny. 
little one. Connecticut. <laughs> the two together. Vermont. Vermont. Yep. Actually, New Hampshire has beautiful. Uh, went, um, um, You're right. Manchester on the left. <laughs> and Concord, um, uh, Wellworth, uh, Wellworth, Wentworth by the Sea. Never beautiful, been there. Beautiful, beautiful old Victorian hotel. Okay, um, let's do our consumer minute. Okay. And then we're going to do some news, then we're going to get to what everyone's waiting for. Our, in, our interview with one of the finest businesses and community servants in the county, Advanced Eye Care and um, her whole team. Uh, Consumer Minute. First of all, I do want to talk about the school... I forgot, the school buses. I'm paranoid. I think I'm getting paranoid because I think now when I'm late and I'm leaving for the radio show, there is someone in central office at a routing board (laughs) that says, please route all the (laughs) elementary school only because they take the longest to board and sit down. Route them all onto Bob's route. I, you think that's possible? Well, I don't know. There's a there's a bus driver who's training now, and the last three days, I get stuck behind her on 23, and she's going 40 miles an hour on a 55, and it kills me. Unbelievable. <laughs> but hey, it is what it is, and Safety I love first. seeing the, I love seeing the little kids now. Yeah. And today, I think it's the last day they have to be all bundled up because it's yep. been cold for way too long. Second. Um, Thanks to our friends at uh, Tampa, Tribu- Tampa Tribune, they follow all these um, slime balls who call you at home and ask for money for bogus charities. I got one, a call the other day. The American Armed Forces Network. It doesn't exist. And I said to, said to the guy, how much does your marketing organization get if I give you $1,000? Well, after expenses... Um, we, we send 15% to the charity. So after expenses. And right. so what are your expenses? About 12%. Um, and the charity has, the other 3% is salaries of the charity. So we have an, uh, the Disabled Police Officer, Officer Counseling Center. 7.6 million raised in the past five years. 0.1% has gone to the alleged charity. These cold calling firms, which is just phone banks of hundreds of dialers, um, and it's all going to the people operating the phone banks, um, give money locally, give money to charities you know, um, Library Foundation, Boys and Girls Club, um, United Way, etc. Don't give money. Hundreds of millions of dollars go to, the, go to these people. It's really unbelievable. Secondly, um, in the marketing minute, I guess it's going to be a marketing four minutes. Okay. You, you probably know this, but I've had two experiences in the past month, and people need to be reminded, when you go to get your oil change or you go to get a tire or a battery, their whole uh, their whole reason, their, their whole key to success is upselling you. Now, I'm not going to mention any names because there's a lot of good franchisees out there and, lo- and local businesses that do the right thing. But I went to get my oil changed, and I was preoccupied, um, and I was on the phone. Gentleman comes out and said, you need new wiper blades. We have the wiper blades that last three years. I said, sure. Um, and we, uh, we topped off your radiator fluid. Is that okay? I said, sure. So I get the bill, and I'm walking out, and I look. They charge me $39 for the wiper blades and $5 for topping off my radiator fluid. I, so I went back. I said, this is ridiculous. I, I can buy them for 12 bucks." He said, yeah, but these last three years. I said, no take them off and i said take the five dollars off for the radiator fluid i don't have a leak there's no evaporation you know radiator fluid costs like four cents per ounce and they should be doing it topping it off to be nice correct and give extra customer service um ask be aware they look for people who may not they think may not be totally knowledgeable about automotive issues people who are preoccupied People who appear a bit submissive, um, or that they're going to be too um, too afraid to challenge that authority, that implicit authority that someone over the counter has. Second thing is, I went to another place, let's say a tire place that sells batteries and tires and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I needed a tire. A um, large national chain. Um, <laughs> I have a Buick. You know, it's not it's not like a you know, a 1962 MG. 
They said, oh, we fortunately we have your tire. Unfortunately, it's $265. I said, what do you mean? Well, that's what fits your car. So that's like saying, you know, all four legged, all animals, all cows are animals and have four legs. So all animals that have four legs are cows. So I, I said, what are you looking at? He said, our inventory. I said, can I see it? He goes, sure. And there's nine tires listed, starting at $79 and going up to 265 I said, are all these in stock? Yes. So he said, the bad news is going to cost you 265 So be aware out there, folks. Um, that's really um, all I'm trying to say. Lastly, on the consumer and marketing, six minutes. Uh, what is your tagline at Advanced Eye Care? You'll love what you say. Excellent. Excellent. Because um, we're going to do more on this, but we've been doing some things on the fit, the best taglines in history that have meant billions of dollars. Um, like um, Diamonds Are Forever, 1938. Basically, didn't just put, put a brand. It didn't even, the beers was the company. It didn't even really, because they're more of a supplier than a retailer. Mm -hmm. But it, it put diamonds on the map for, for consumers. Um, you're in good hands with Allstate, much like you love what you see. 1957, they've been using that for 60 years. Where's the beef Wendy's? Nike's, just do it. Because the amazing thing is, not only does it call um, the consumer to action, it gives them a reason to stop making excuses, and it gives them a reason to just buy Nike mm -hmm. and act. So it's brilliant. So I like yours. Very good. Thank who, you. Who handles marketing for you, Lisa? Monica Whirl. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Okay. Let's do some news, then we'll get, um, we'll go to break, and um, um just we're going to just do short uh, stints of the news. Uh, one is to, uh, it's worth watching. It's interesting. It's important. Is the battle lines are being formed on Hartford Emergency Medical Services study. Uh, uh, it, I, it's not easy for the first responders. It's not easy for government um, to tackle this, but it's being done. And there's going to be a lot of uh, disagreement and debate over the next next year. But it is very important to us, and it's worth watching. Um, and I'm sure, Monica, if we had time, um, you could enlighten us on some of those underlying issues that go with that. But um, let's uh, hats off to our first responders and hats off um, and good luck to our leadership um, for navigating this. It's, it's, it's become so important to us. Uh, and the more in the, in the bad news category, heroin has killed more than 100 people, uh, this is great reporting by the folks at the Aegis, by the way, killed more than 100 people since the Sheriff's Office started counting in 2015. Four fatal heroin overdoses this weekend, and the Sheriff says the worst is yet to come, unfortunately. We had, um, uh, we have 20 this year so far, which it puts, it puts us on a course of 87. 56 last year, 27 and, and 15. Now, Monica, when did you leave the sheriff's office? About five years ago? It has been. I've been working with Advanced Eye Care for the last five years. Okay. And what was the num number back then? Was it, Do you recall? It was not, it was it in was a not as high as it is now, but the epidemic was being identified and starting to grow, and things were being put in place. Um, law enforcement has been working for a long time. The community's been working for a long time. Harbor County's Office of Community Services a long time but the problem is that strong and it's going to take an entire community to at least hold this at bay I don't know that we'll ever solve it but the longer we can hold it at bay the better we'll be as a county um yeah and on that because now we have this fentanyl and carfentanil which is being laced which this carfentanil is a hundred times more potent than heroin and fentanyl and I have a friend whose dad, 53-year-old, was a minister, is a pastor at a church in Jacksonville, Florida. He was prescribed fentanyl because mm -hmm. he had neuroplasia, fibromyalgia, which is supposedly painful. Um, and But, Lisa, let me ask you about, uh, from the health care aspect of this, these pill mills. Um, there's been some success, and if you're not familiar with this, there's pill mills, they call them, these pharmacists that will just write and write and write and write opioid and painkiller medications um but they don't seem to be making as much of a dent in that do you, do you have a feel that maybe they're hiding be behind due process is there some resistance from 
the defense bar, or is that something that you know, um, I'm just thinking out loud here on that? I don't have okay. any knowledge of why that persists. Okay. Um, and on this note, the, the four deaths this weekend um, was a 47-year-old white woman uh, from Haver de Grace, a 26-year-old white man from Bel Air, 35-year-old white man in Aberdeen, a 27-year-old white man in Aberdeen. Um, one of the unattended good consequences of this, if there can be, is it, it educated people that this is not a other side of the tracks issue. It's not a socioeconomic status issue. It's not a class issue. It's not a race issue. It's not even an age issue. Um, so to the extent that that helps with the edu education, um, um, let's hope. Um, good news. Um, any idea what the best Maryland sports story in the past 12 months is? Happens to have a Hartford connection. The Maryland Ladies Terps. Yes. It's not the, it's not the Turgeons Terps. It's not the O's. It's not the Ravens. Uh, it's not the football Terps. It includes the best basketball ever player ever to come out. Of Hartford and her little sister, who are both on the Lady Terps. They're 30 and 2 this year. Brianna Jones, um, uh, Haverty Grace girl, went to Aberdeen High and is, uh, has just been overpowering this year as a senior. Her younger sister Stephanie is on the team now as well. And um, they are 30 and 2, and she is the epitome of character and strength. Uh, she blew out her knee totally when she was a senior in high school, and she um, she came back completely, and she's might be the best um, basketball player in the country. Um, they were um, they beat Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament semifinal, and they were really worried about Michigan State, um, justifiably so. She had 32 points, nine rebounds, and six assists with no turnovers. And this is from a a post player. So um, hats off to uh, Brenda Freeze and the the Lady Terps for um, doing an amazing job. Also good news, Patterson Mill women won their third championship, um, state championship in four years. Most state championships ever by a Har Harford County team. Um, and they did it in four years. Holly Ismail, the coach, is, does an amazing job um, with them. And the last news item, then we're going to go to break. Um, do you know who, well, you probably do, Alfred B. Hilton is? Yes. Okay. Well, um, he is the only Medal of Honor winner from Hartford County. And he was a free black that fought um, um, in the Civil War. And um, it, it's, uh, they're, they're naming the bridge after him. It just crossed over in, an, in, the, in the legislature, the, the, over, the 95 overpass. In Aberdeen. Um, what do you know? Um, and that is that. Uh, we were going to talk about Baltimore population, but we will wait on that because we have a lot to get to. So with that, we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll be talking with Dr. Lisa Fulner, CEO of Advanced Eye Care. The Hartford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox, and both Apple and Windows computers all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm co-host Christy Halford, director. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> County Public Library Foundation, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Hartford Edge, and we are having lots of fun today with Dr. Lisa Fulner, CEO of Advanced Eye Care, who's in the studio today with us, as well as Monica Worrell. Um, and I want to give a shout out to you. Thank you so much for your ongoing support for the Library Foundation. Um, Advanced Eye Care has been an ongoing um, sponsor of the Winter Reading Program and the Summer Reading Challenge, and we just couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much for your support. You're welcome, and we'll keep doing it. Great. Yes, and 
Advanced Eye Care is a model for in this county. There's many other great businesses, but this is certainly one of them that they uh, run their business well, they provide great service, they're professionals, and they give back constantly. So, welcome, folks. Thanks for having us. And I think Monica Worrell, Worrell if you want to go to Facebook now, is doing... Oh, no, don't go to Facebook because that's not fair to the radio station. Go to Facebook after this. <laughs> or go, go to Facebook now. I, I have no preference. <laughs> uh, Lisa, tell us about you. How'd you get here? So, uh, interestingly, I came to Harford County almost 18 years ago. Um, I'm originally from Philadelphia. My husband is from uh, Delaware. I did my training in Minnesota and was beginning to have a family and wanted to be close to home so that my kids could know their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, and grandparents. So um, my first job was in Towson. My husband's first job was in Wilmington. We got a map out and put our finger down halfway between the two. And that was Churchville, which is where I live. And we've been here ever since, and we love living here. We love Harford County. It's been uh, a great place to raise our family and a great place to work. And Monica Worrell, head of marketing. Yes. Oh, I'm getting on with that now. You? Tell us about yourself. Um, I have worked for Advanced Eye Care for the last five years, and I have enjoyed doing it. It's an incredible marketing, it's an incredible medical practice. Prior to that, I worked for the Harford County Sheriff's Office, and then prior to that, I ran hotels for 25 years of my career. And uh, Monica always gets mad at me because I always say it's, it's amazing she can do all this because she's so shy and, <laughs> and, and reserved and reticent and in her shell. I am, and I'm behind <laughs> the scenes on Facebook Live, and I have the power of being able to videotape yes. you. And you can do that distorted face thing. And we got our first <laughs> thumbs up for that comment for me teasing you, so I'm not sure who did it, but they okay. thought that I was picking on you. We'll see if you could do the jowl shrinker uh, technology <laughs> hey, on that. Hey, we have technology for that now. We I need do. that. I look like we I'm do. packing for the winter. Are, we have some options for you, Bob. <laughs> You're implying that I need it. No, you said you needed it. <laughs> I imply nothing. Okay. So, Lisa, uh, we have a lot to talk about, but um, talk about, uh, for, first tell us what, uh, let's start with what people should know and what the common misconceptions people have about vision and vision care and cosmetics when it comes to vision, etc. So I think there's a lot of confusion about the O's. And that, what I mean by that are there are opticians, there are optometrists, and there are ophthalmologists. And they all take care of your eyes in some way. Um, opticians are the ones that help fit you for glasses, that you go to to buy your glasses, adjust your glasses, help you figure out what are the right glasses that you should have. Um, optometrists, then there are many kinds of optometrists, um, can help you with your contact lenses, can help you with your glasses. They look at your eyes um, from front to back and do general eye care. There are some optometrists that are medically trained that can take care of more advanced um, eye conditions. Um, ophthalmologists are medical doctors that take care of vision, medical, and surgical eye care. So one of the misconceptions is I see fine, I don't need to go to the eye doctor. Um, but one of the unique things about eye care is that it is the only specialty that has an opportunity to see what's happening in the entire body by looking just in the eyes. We don't need to x-ray you. We don't need to cut you open. We can tell the condition of your entire body through your eyes. So it's very important that um, people get eye exams. And when I say eye exams, I mean full dilated eye exams. The American Academy of Ophthalmology suggests that under the age of 60, if you're otherwise healthy, you should have one every two years. After the age of 60, every year. Um, if you have risk factors because of medical conditions or family history, you should have them more often. What are some of the things you can detect, and what are the things people should be most concerned about that would motivate them? to get these eye exams? So anybody with diabetes should have an annual eye exam no matter how old they are. We can detect um, thyroid disease, brain tumors, uh, systemic infections. We can see what's happening in your heart with your blood pressure. Um, essentially, every autoimmune disease, every infectious disease, every cancer, um, almost anything that can happen to the body, we can see the effects of it in the eye. So, you know, pre-existing conditions should drive you. Family history should drive you. Um, and, you know, some of the things that happen in the eye that cause blindness, people can't feel, and they don't know they have it. And so 
Um, in the case of the eyes, no news is good news is not not uh, true. You know, you really need to have everything checked out. So there are countless hard and fast cases and examples where someone may may not know of a diagnosis or a condition they have. Even if they're seeing a doctor, because there may not be tests being done if there's no indications. Absolutely. We diagnose things on a regular basis um, through looking at the eyes that reflect a systemic condition. Um, I had a patient who came in with a red painful eye and um, ended up having um, a lot of inflammation in their eye. We call it uveitis. And on questioning, I went through a series of questions related to what systemic conditions can cause this, and turned out that um, he'd had some chronic stomach problems, that he'd been to his primary care, no one could figure out what it was, but um, I did some blood work and was able to diagnose him with um, ulcerative colitis based on the inflammation in his eyes and the history that he gave me. And, you know, he's been forever grateful for that. He's now treated and comfortable and has an active life. You know, he felt like he was crazy for a long time because no one could quite figure out what was going on. They kind of wrote him off. So there are a lot of things like that that we see in the eyes um, that, you know, sometimes we can diagnose cancers in the eye. We see malignant melanoma in the eye. We've had two cases of that this year. Um, and uh, when people's blood pressure is not well controlled, we can diagnose when... Um, their cholesterol is too high, and they are having little strokes in the eye that may reflect things that are happening in the brain and elsewhere. We see that routinely. Because of vascular indications? Vascular indications, for example, um, plaque buildup in their carotid arteries or irregular heart rates that are causing um, particles to be uh, released from um, the valves or from the heart that are clogging the very small vessels inside the eye. And so oftentimes we... Um, find things that reflect larger problems. So on that note, it, it must be a, a little bit frustrating to get the word out because, and I guess this is a, this is a few questions in one, because um, there's a lot of practitioners out there that, that, that may not even, they be holding, seeming to hold themselves out as ophthalmologists, but they're not. Um, there's other um, practitioners that may not be this thorough and people may not uh, may not be educated enough um, to take action. And uh, am I phrasing that correctly? Is it is it hard to, hard to so, educate people? So you know, I think that um, you know the way we view it in our practice is we always have to know that we're doing the right thing. And so the culture of our practice is um, you may spend a little bit more time in our office, but you're going to leave knowing why you were there, what's going on with your health, and we know that we did the right thing. We can't really worry about what our neighbors are doing or what the other physicians in the community are doing. Um, we can only focus on, on the kind of health care um, that we provide. What I can say about the Harford County community is that the relationship between the different eye care providers are very, very good. And the communication between the eye care providers are very good. And so we work together to make sure that people in Harford County have good eye care. Do people fall through the cracks somewhere along the line? I, I think there are some people. But I think we do a great job in this county of um, taking care of the people that present themselves to us. The people who don't get cared for are the ones that aren't getting checked, the ones that aren't going to the eye doctor. But otherwise, uh, I, I truly believe that the relationships in this county ensure that um, the people who are getting seen are getting good care. Great. So, I mean, we do have a community of pros. Excellent. Um, They're excellent there. doctors. Excellent. Um, and uh, thank you, by the way, for all of the, the work that Advanced Eye Care did um, on, uh, with the United Way as far as uh, the day of, um, day of action. I'm sorry. Homeless Connect. Project Homeless Connect. Connect. How, many, you, how many eye exams did you... It, it, I, we... Um, did well. We pres we provided over 84 pairs of glasses wow. to people that were in need. Um, we saw over a hundred people that needed eye care. We were able to identify patients um, that had glaucoma that were never being treated, that were suffering with cataracts that were not being treated. People that didn't understand that there was a potential for eye care, and they didn't know how to get to an eye doctor and see that they were taken care of. 
and it was a combination of our practice. Dr. Polner allowed two of our optometrists went to Project Homeless Connect along with um, an optometric student, several of our technicians, and the Lions Clubs from all over the area. It was over 30 volunteers rendering um, vision care to those in need. I, wow. spent, I ended up spending a whole day there, and the one gentleman that I, I worked with, um, he ha he went um, and got some eye, got an eye exam, and he ended up getting reading glasses. And he walked in, I don't need eye care, I don't need any, you know, and he got the test, and he, he left with a pair of glasses, and it was amazing. And it was good to see his reaction to that. Yeah, it was just overwhelming to see the, the stats from that day, and to realize the need that goes unfilled day in and day out. But thanks. Uh, everyone for the work they're doing on that. Um, talk about vision correction. Um, that's a very broad question. Procedures, first a, a diagnosis, um, procedures or uh, I guess corrective either lenses or contact lenses, um, types of surgery, um, etc. So you know in this day and era um, we have so many choices on how to correct vision. Clearly in children, um, glasses are the best option. Um, as kids get older, we do introduce the option for contact lenses. And then, of course, there's um, refractive surgery, which we reserve for people with healthy eyes that want to see better without glasses. And, um, you know, people are very familiar with LASIK and uh, PRK. As we got older, um, people have more concerns about losing their near vision. And that's always been a very, very frustrating uh, part of getting older, is taking your glasses on. I'm watching Bob, he takes them on, he takes them off, he takes them on, he takes them off. And so for a long time, you know, we had just bifocals, so they had lines in them. Now we have no line, you know, trifocals. Um, we have contact lenses that are called multifocal that allow you to see at all distances. We have the option to do monovision, so one eye sees distance, one eye sees near. We can now correct astigmatism with uh, contact lenses and offer people all of those options. And so the evolution of eye care has been incredible. It's technologically probably one of the most advanced subspecialty. Um, lately, surgically, um, we have more options than ever to treat both distance vision and near. So people who have had LASIK in the past or who have always had great vision without glasses but now are suffering from um, difficulty seeing up close, we have surgical procedures that we can do in the cornea to allow people to see up close. Um, as we move forward and people want uh, have cataracts or people elect to have a surgical procedure who don't have cataracts, we have incredible implants that we can put in the eye now that can correct astigmatism, that can help people see far away without glasses. We can create monovision like a contact lens with cataract surgery. And now we have implants that we've had them since 2006 and they've evolved over time that allow us to see at all distances without glasses most of the time. Um, lately, now we have the ability to correct astigmatism and offer those people those implants. So there's some incredible technology that can pretty much, in most cases, uh, solve people's visual needs. Define, define astigmatism. So I always tell my patients that um, if you think of the eye as being perfect, so someone without astigmatism, if you cut it in half, it's like a ping pong ball cut in half. It's a sphere. Wherever light hits that sphere, it's going to enter the eye the same way. It doesn't get bent in a, a different angle. And it's going to focus clearly on the retina as a point, and you're going to see clearly. People with astigmatism, their cornea, or the front clear part of the eye, is more like a football or an egg on its side. So there's a steep axis and a flat axis. And what happens is that when light hits that cornea or that football or egg, it's bent differently, and it creates many points on the retina that create blur. And it's your glasses or your contact lenses or surgery that take all those points um, and make them one point so that you can see clearly. Sort of that light going through a chandelier where you see a little yeah, I mean, spot on so the wall from it? It scatters light. You know, okay. the, the uh, change in the curvature of that clear part of the cornea on the front of the eye uh, changes the way light is bent and focused on the retina. Um, interesting. Uh, uh, tell us about um, cosmetic and aesthetic procedures. 
um, that are available and that um, uh, what barriers they are to, pe to people um, understanding them and and um, uh, seeking advice on that. So I think that, that um, people are motivated to look into uh, cosmetic procedures um, because, you know, as a society, we're very conscious of the way we look. And um, as we get older, we notice those changes that occur with aging. And um, for a lot of people, um, there are some pretty simple solutions that can uh, reverse temporarily or permanently those changes. Um, I think the biggest misconception and the biggest fear surrounds Botox. People know that it's made out of uh, botulinum toxin um, protein, which can um, has a lot of implications, but the biggest thing that people should know is that it doesn't travel through the body and it doesn't give you food poisoning and it doesn't paralyze your stomach if you put it in your face and it, it it really doesn't have a lot of systemic implications and the great thing about it is that it's temporary it lasts three months and it's gone so if you don't like the way you look um, it's gone in three months um, aesthetics in our practice has evolved we started out doing uh, skin care and we started out doing Botox um, and then as the evolution of fillers since 2003, we've incorporated all the different varieties of fillers in our practice. We use lasers to get rid of um, red, line, red, red spots and dark spots to get rid of fine lines and wrinkles to do some skin tightening. And more recently, probably in the last uh, almost two years, we've gotten into cool sculpting, which actually freezes the fat cells and gets rid of um, fat in the body. So we're doing a lot more... Um, you know, body sculpting and contouring. And, um, is that the jowl procedure you were talking yes, about? Yes, actually it is. <laughs> and we do have that handpiece for you. <laughs> um, there are, you know, I, I think, you know, we, um, there, there are two camps. There are people who say we should just get old gracefully. And there are people that say, why should we? Um, you know, we, we look around at all the advertising, TV, everything, and there's this big push for us always to be beautiful. But no one ever told us when we're supposed to stop feeling that way. Um, and so I, I, I'm comfortable with um, people who want to uh, maintain their youthful look. I mean, we exercise. No one says that that's bad to stay healthy and to look young. So I don't feel that people who want to do aesthetic procedures should have that stigma um, because it's just like everything else we do for ourselves to maintain our body and our appearance. Um, one of the barriers, aside from the philosophy or the stigma or the fear of the products, is, is financial. It isn't covered by insurance, and um, it is out of pocket. But the nice thing about doing aesthetics is you don't have to do everything at once. You can do a little bit at a time. You can do, when you have money, you can do it um, over long periods of time as a plan, uh, and and everyone approaches it differently. Um, great book. Everyone should read it. Naomi Wolf, The Beauty Myth, um, about this whole thing and, and the pressure, um, both real and perceived, that uh, 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 women are put under um, regarding uh, images of beauty, whether uh, certain ideals and changing ideals of beauty, how much uh, appearance is tied to competence and uh, advancement often, and um, so uh, I recommend that to everyone. Now, what the heck are eye floaters? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's really interesting. So, we get that a lot. So, the technical name for it is a posterior vitreous detachment, or a PVD. I figured. Okay? It's not a retinal detachment. So many people say, well, my doctor told me I had a retinal detachment. It's not a retinal detachment. They're very annoying, but unfortunately, they are a normal process of the aging of the eye. They occur when the protein and collagen matrix in the back of the eye breaks down with age. Um, in I'm some, sorry, I asked. <laughs> well, that age can be anything. So for me, I got mine in my 30s because I'm very nearsighted, and it's more common to get them younger when you're nearsighted. Um, but they don't ever go away. Um, most people um, only notice them in high contrast situations, bright sunny days, black letters on a white page, but the brain really prefers not to see them. And so the brain works hard to ignore them except in rare occasions. They can be, um, more importantly, a harbinger for a retinal tear or a retinal detachment. So that's when they are a concerning um, presentation. And most people will see flashes of light 
followed by hundreds of floaters, like someone threw a snow globe in their eye, or a shade or a curtain that comes over their eye. And in that case and in that scenario, that can be something that needs to be evaluated and treated very, very quickly. There is um, some new technology now available to us that um, uses a laser to actually break those uh, floaters up. And compare that to a visual phenomena um, that may be associated with the onset of a migraine um, or things like that. So those are visual auras when they're related to a headache that follows them. And um, it's caused by sort of random stimulation of the visual cortex. Um, you can have an ophthalmic migraine that it can occur in one eye or both eyes that lasts minutes to hours that isn't followed by a headache. And um, again, when they're in both eyes, we feel that they're sort of that random stimulation by changes in blood flow to the visual cortex. Um, and when they're in one eye, um, it's more related to the blood flow of the retina. For the most part, um, they're very benign. They're frightening and annoying, and they can cause changes in the vision from scintillations like sparkly vision to pinwheels to kaleidoscope-type vision. You can lose part of your vision. You can lose all of your vision. Um, unless they increase in frequency or duration, we, we don't really worry too much about them other than to counsel people that if it happens when they're driving, they need to pull over. And for some people, they know that they're getting a migraine in 20 minutes yes. when they see them, and they take hot pepper, a friend of mine. Or other things. Like what? So there's lots of medications for migraine okay. headaches. Okay. Yeah. Or other things. <laughs> <laughs> I think the majority of people don't take hot pepper for their migraines. But Should they? That's a good thing to add to my uh, list. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and on this note, when I close my eyes, so I've, I've heard it's dust. You see some things... When you, when you close your eyes, and you try to follow them with your eyes. Those are probably your floaters or your posterior vitreous detachments. Okay. But they move. Yes, they move. They float and, around back there. And when I try to look at them, they keep, seem to... Same thing. ...run away. Mm -hmm. okay. Don't look for them. Let your brain ignore them. Okay. Well, I like to watch them. <laughs> I get bored easy. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what you do in your free time. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I did have one more... Um, uh, question. Um, uh, as far as um, I'm trying to, how to figure out how to word this. Um, well, let me just ask you, what, what, what should I do? I haven't been to an eye doctor in two years. I use cheaters. Oh, that was my, uh, cheaters. Are they, are they really irresponsible to buy cheaters? Is it really... I like, I'm like up to 175 now. So, What's going to happen? Am I just going to keep going until I get like to four and I'm going to look like Bobby Riggs? Or? So, no, you won't get to four. Probably the, the highest you can get to is like a 275 to three and a quarter. Mm -hmm. But um, the ability to see up close changes. Some, for some people it starts at 40 and it gradually mm -hmm. increases. And what it means is we lose our ability to focus up close. And the only time we notice it is when it reaches our working distances. So that continues until um, we're out of our near working distance range. So the computer typically is the point at which we, st we feel like we've stopped losing our ability to focus up close. And that often occurs in the 50s and you know sort of finishes up in the 60s. For a lot of people who don't need correction at the distance, over-the-counter readers are fine. The myth and the, the confusion is what power should they wear? And there is no perfect power. It has to do with what your working distance is that you're trying to bring into focus. So the higher the power of the reader, the closer you can hold things. The further away your working distance is, the lower the power you need. So most people work on a desktop computer at about 21 inches from their screen. That's going to be maybe a one and a quarter or 150 for the average person who doesn't need correction at the distance. The closer you want to hold things, so for a lot of people they hold their books um, at 17 inches, which is sort of elbows on the hips kind of distance, that's going to be somewhere between a 2 and a 250, depending on how close or how far away you hold your reading material. So over-the-counter readers are not bad for you. If you have a correction at the distance and it's different between one eye and the other eye, over-the-counter over readers are not ideal because you're, not, you're giving an average correction. You're not sort of customizing it to the needs of each eye.
And, and could I be causing my one eye to adjust to the lowest common denominator? Is that a danger? No, you're not harming your eyes. You're just not seeing optimally. Okay, well, and I, I'm sure a lot of people out there focus like this. I did come to Advanced Eye Care, fantastic service, um, fantastic exam, great, great glasses, great frames, but I break them. I lose them. Um, so I probably go through about seven or eight frames a year just because I leave them places, I drop them. Um, so that prevents me from coming and saying, I'm going to get some really nice, uh, valuable uh, uh, glasses. Is that something that's unsolvable, or do I get contacts? Or? So you can. So there are a lot of options for you. You could continue to use just the over-the-counter readers. Uh, one of the reasons you break them and you lose them is because you take them on and off. So a solution to that would be um, getting a bifocal pair with the, you know, the progressive with no line so that you can leave them on when you want. You don't have to flip them off. So you look at your screen, you look at your paper, you look at your screen. You're take I've watched you, and whatever time we've been here, probably take those on and off maybe 20 times. Mm -hmm. um, and a bifocal without a line would allow you just to leave them on when you're doing uh, visual requirements that are you're seeing far away and up close, seeing far away and up close. Um, and you wouldn't lose them and you wouldn't break them because you're not taking them on and off as much. But you wouldn't have to wear them all the time. But they would make life easier for you. Um, you don't have to have a correction to have a progressive bifocal. Um, contact lenses are definitely an option, and a lot of people choose that. So a lot of people choose monovision who have excellent distance vision. They'll put one contact lens to see up close in their non-dominant or their near eye. Um, so there are lots of options. But... Ultimately, if you see well with your over-the-counters and you don't mind taking them on and off and you don't mind having seven pairs in your house for whatever room you're in, you're fine. Okay. Well, that was an excellent answer. I really appreciate it as I take my glasses off Again. for us Again. to go to break. <laughs> and we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we'll talk about some great events coming up the library, and then we'll go over the edge where we look at some news from outside Harford County and do some thingamabobs. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. You're listening to 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge. I'm Christy Halford, Director of the Harford County Public Library Foundation, and that is Bob Mumby. Christy, um, give us the uh, library happenings this week. It's always amazing. The, 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 thousands of things going on each year at the library. As I always okay. say, it feels like you have like 2,000 people working there because it's always so many great things going on. What yeah. do we got coming up? We've got a lot coming up. So part of our Women's History Month um, programming, we have Elizabeth Foxwell um, joining us at the Jarrettsville branch this Sunday, March 26th from 2 to 4 p.m. Um, her book, In Their Own Words, American Women in World War One. Um, she, she presents first-person accounts by American women who served in the war. Um, and um, they often face them discrimination, danger, and even death. Um, and, you know, she, it's just a, it's going to be great insight on the women who served um, in World War One. So that is something definitely not to be missed. Um, we have a lot coming up in April. Uh, the car show is April twenty second. I want to start plugging that soon. There, that is I think the most popular day of the month in Harford County. Um, but I hope everyone will take the time to to stop by there. It's a free event. It's a great family-friendly event. Um, it takes place in Jarrettsville um, on the field across the library. We do it in partnership with the Jarrettsville Lions, and it is a fundraiser for the foundation. Um, we've got a lot of great sponsors who have come in for that. We'll have a DJ. We'll have face painting. Um, we have story time with tales. We'll have the Aberdeen Ironbirds, another great partner, will be out um, with their um, 
their mascots. Um, there, we have a new um, contest that's that's um, in the works through the, for the library for kids in grades six through twelve. It's called Design This, and they can design, create, and customize an original look for a character using fabrics, clothes, sketches, and other materials. Um, and there'll be a showcase for those. And submissions are due April 28th. And you can go to any library um, in Hartford County and ask about that and pick up the, the requirements for that. But that's a really fun um, new thing that we're doing this year. And as always, pick up a copy of your H&H from any of your branches, um, filled with lots of great events coming up um, throughout the spring at all of, all of the libraries throughout the county. Um, and you can also access event information online at hcplonline.org. Excellent. And we're going to have um, Keen Dodge on the show in two weeks. Yep. Um, who was, uh, has always been a big supporter of that event. Um, and one thing we forgot was, how, how do people find out more about Advanced Eye Care? What's the website? Who do they call? www.advanced icaremd.com and that's A-D-B-A-N-C-E-D-E-Y-E-C-A-R-E-M-D.com Sounds like it's coming from someone for whom advanced eye care has, has been an issue. Yes. <laughs> advanced. We seem to forget the D and people go, we can't find it. Where did it go? We know it's there. Okay, fantastic. And thank you, uh, thank you all again. Uh, now we um, we do a segment that I th I think we're going to compile this some okay. someday soon because we've had some great answers, and it um, sometimes when I warn our guests that they're going to uh, be asked this question, that they, they, they think more about this question than the actual interview questions. Uh, but it's whatever comes to your mind. Um, as I mentioned uh, to Lisa before, one woman responded when I said, "Well, would you tell your 21-year-old self?" She said, I would tell her, honey, those jeans don't fit. <laughs> so, and we're going to ask you too, Monica. Lisa, what would you tell your 21-year-old self? I would tell my 21-year-old self to pause more often. To pause and enjoy the people around me. To pause and think about my decisions. To pause and think about how I grew up and about the advice that my parents gave me and maybe listen a little closer or observe a little better. Um, I think pausing uh, is never a bad thing. I think pausing allows us to appreciate what we're hearing, um, what we're seeing, and what we're thinking. I would pause and listen to people around me more carefully to pay attention uh, more often. Um, and I think that uh, sometimes the way our life goes or the decisions we make uh, would be better if we paused. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, my, mine is... On that note, uh, say to yourself, is this going to be important in a year? Is this going to be important in a month? Because often we, we're on autopilot, and the things that we think we should be considering important aren't always the most impactful for us or those around us. So we tend to lose context on that. Ms. Worrell. Yes, sir. What would you go back six years and tell your 21-year-old self? Oh, I love that. Your <laughs> check is in the mail. I appreciate that, although I, I'm not sure how that'll work considering I have a 28-year-old son well, that I now negative him when he was born. Metaphysical. It's metaphysical. So, it would be a good thing. No, what would I tell my 21-year-old self? It would have been to have stayed in school. When I was 21, I made the decision to work full-time, and I stopped college my junior year. I um, was married at 22 and had my first child at 23. And I think back to those days, what I would have done is I would have seen it through, and it would have charted a different path. Now, I was blessed. I was able to finish school in my 40s, thanks to a mother. I was raised by a single mother, so there was not a lot of money in our family, and I was paying to put myself through school. And I can tell the story now almost without crying, but when I was in my 40s, I made a decision to go back. And like anything else, something came up financially that prevented us from being able to send me back to school and my mother came to me and said I wasn't in a place when you were younger to put you through school but I am now and I'd like to pay for you to finish your college degree and that's how I was able to finish my school in my 40s with my mother's support my family's support my kids and I used to do homework together so I would say to you if I could have told my 21 year old self anything it would have been stick to it then because it would have been a heck of a lot easier 
than doing it in my 40s. Hmm. Wow. So and the, so then you really have great advice for any 40-year-old. If you find yourself in that position, it all you have is the, the future. Exactly. Um, uh, there any you know recriminations or regrets aren't going to do you any good. You can make it happen. So that's great. It's a great story. Thank you. Hats off to your mom. I think so too. She's a pretty cool lady. We call her Monica's mom around the office. Yeah, she's pretty often. Awesome. <laughs> she she mothers all of us. I can well, tell you. If she can manage Monica. Oh, she can manage true. anybody. She's pretty incredible. <laughs> she is a pretty incredible lady, and I'm lucky to have her in my life. Okay. Um, uh, we have uh, four minutes, and we're going to do two things. One's a repeat of some, so I apologize to Christy, but if someone okay. asked me to do it, we're going to get some advice from kids and um, attorneys. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know where what the source of this is. Uh, I apologize. But um, kids, uh, they interviewed a number of kids um on, on certain things. And this, these were their answers, and it, it's priceless. Um, Kristen, age 10. Um, how does a person decide whom to marry? No person really decides before they grow up who they're going to marry. God decides it all the way before, and you get to find out later who you're stuck with. <laughs> <laughs> how does your mom and dad meet? They were at a dance party at a friend's house. Then they went for a drive, but their car broke down. It was a good thing because it gave them a chance to find out about their values. Lottie, <laughs> age nine. <laughs> uh, what do most people do on a date? This is Martin, age 10. On the first date, they just tell each other lies, and that usually gets them interested enough to go for a second date. <laughs> How did our kids get so oh, pessimistic? Oh, always listening. How can a stranger tell if two people are married? Derek, age eight. But you might have to guess based on whether they seem to be yelling at the same kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Um, uh, we can go on, but we want to do our court stuff, too. Um, uh, well, Jean, age eight, on a roll of good looks and love. If you want to be loved by somebody who isn't in your family, it doesn't hurt to be beautiful. <laughs> um, and... Um, Bobby, age eight, uh, confidential opinions about love. He said, love will find you even if you're trying to hide from it. I've been trying to hide from it since I was five, but girls keep finding me. <laughs> well, that's not such a bad thing, Bobby. And we're going to do the, um, the court cases, court transcripts again. Okay. These are too priceless. Um, did you ever stay all night with this man in New York? I refuse to answer that question. Did you ever stay all night with this man in Chicago? I refuse to answer that question. Did you ever stay all night with this man in Miami? No. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what is your name? Ernestine McDowell. What is your marital status? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, how many autopsies have you performed on dead people? All my autopsies have been performed on dead people. Mrs. Jones, is your appearance this morning pursuant to a deposition notice which I sent to your attorney? No, this is how I dress when I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> could you see him from where you were standing? I could see his head. And where was his head? Just above his shoulders. Uh, I, I don't know if I can say this. Uh, why not? Um, are you sexually active, Mrs. Johnson? No, I just lie there. <laughs> is that allowed? I don't know. Uh, you just did it, so. Uh, and my favorite one. What was the first thing your husband said to you when he woke that morning? He said, where am I, Kathy? And why did this upset you? My name is Susan. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the time we have for the Hartford Edge. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.